Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 443, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 6 through 12. Let's read a passage. So now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Even lifeless instruments that produce sounds, whether flute or harp, if they don't make a distinction in the notes, how will what is being played on the flute or harp be recognized? In fact, if the bugle makes an unclear sound, who will prepare for the battle? In the same way, unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech, how will what is spoken be known? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different kinds of languages in the world, but none is without meaning. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner to me. So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. This is Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, the church he had founded five years earlier on his second missionary journey. They've got a lot of issues in this church, a lot of problems. And one of the problems is that they think they're very spiritual because of their knowledge, because of their giftedness. And they're particularly interested in the gift of tongues because it's very showy. And it's something that you can do and say, look how spiritual I am. And Paul's providing some correction here. He's been talking about the the subject of spiritual gifts in chapters 12, 13, and 14. Chapter 12 was making the point of diversity and unity, that there is a diversity in spiritual gifts. Everybody doesn't have the gift of tongues. There is a variety of ways the Spirit works, and they all work for the common good. And there's unity working together. So unity and diversity was his message in chapter 12. Chapter 13, the message was love, that it's not love versus spiritual gifts, but love is absolutely necessary. And spiritual gifts without love is useless. So love is to be a basic denominator for Christian life and that uh, nothing works without love. Now in chapter 14, he's making the point of intelligibility. He's contrasting prophecy with tongues, but it's not so much that it's specifically prophecy. The point is intelligibility versus unintelligibility. And that's where he really pushes down on this passage today. Verse 6, he says, So now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Well, he uses the first person here, if I come to you. Some of the background here might be some of their criticisms of him. Back when we were looking at the point about going to the pagan temples, they seem to be critical of his position as an apostle based on he didn't do things the way they thought he ought to do. And maybe some of their criticism of him was that he didn't speak in tongues. They speak in tongues, so they must be superior to him. That might be what Paul's got a little bit behind here. Even without that, he's still making the point of a hypothetical if I came to you speaking in tongues, how would that benefit you unless I speak with an intelligible speech? 
And so his main point here is the intelligibility of what is said. If I come speaking in tongues, nobody knows what I'm saying. Remember when he started off in chapter 12, part of the background there was the test of spirituality depends on being able to know what's being said. How can you say if something's truly of the Lord unless you know what's being said? And so it's of no benefit unless it's intelligible. Now he gives four things here, revelation, knowledge, prophecy, teaching. I think it would be pointless to try to overly define each of these and say, what's the distinction between these? Because he doesn't give definitions here. And I think the point is there's a lot of overlap in these things. What's the difference between revelation and prophecy? Hard to say. Maybe there isn't any. And so I think he's just using four words that probably have an incredible amount of overlap. The point being, what do they all have in common? They are intelligible. You know what's being said. A prophecy, a message from God to the people, and it's known what's being said. A revelation, how is that different? Well, I don't know that it is. Well, the whole point is it's a message from God, something God has revealed to someone, which is then said in intelligible language. Knowledge, something that God has allowed you to know, and you now say to the people. Teaching, something that God has taught you that you're now teaching in intelligible words. So don't get caught up in what's the difference between these four, but what do they have in common? Intelligibility. You know what's being said. If I'm just speaking in tongues, you don't know what I'm being said. And so what Paul's saying is, that's no benefit to you. But if I speak to you in real words, that you know what's being said, that is of benefit to you. Now he gives a couple of metaphors here. Verse 7, even lifeless instruments that produce sounds, whether flute or harp, if they don't make a distinction in the notes, how will what is played on the flute or harp be recognized? So you ever have somebody tapping on the table, uh, a tune in their head, unless it's got a very distinctive tempo or beat to it, you have no idea what they're doing because it's just taps. And there's no difference in one tap to another other than the, the speed of the tapping. So you don't know what song is going on in that person's head. And so a, a flute, a harp, is playing one note. Okay, what song is that? You don't know. It's unintelligible. And verse 8, in fact, if the bugler makes an unclear sound, who will prepare for the battle? Well, a bugle is used as a signaling device to uh, broadcast sound over the battlefield so that the troops in the battle know what the command is versus trying to yell words Certain bugle sounds are used to tell the army what to do. Well, if they don't know what the sound is that the bugle's making, they don't know what to do. The whole point here is intelligibility. If they're unintelligible, they have no use. They must be intelligible. Then in verse 9, in the same way, unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech, how will what is spoken be known? For you'll be speaking into the air. Now remember the context here. The context is public worship. Worship together. And Paul's point here is intelligibility. That if you're speaking in some unknown tongue, 
nobody knows what you're saying, and that's not good. You need to do it in such a way that people know what's being said. Then verse 10, there are doubtless many different kinds of languages in the world. None is without meaning. Here he's talking about actual human languages, where somebody who knows a language speaks a language, and they speak the language to convey meaning. They're all intelligible languages, intelligible to the person speaking these languages. And if they're speaking them to someone who understands that language, there is intelligence. There is meaning being conveyed. It goes on by that. Okay, what if I don't know the language? Verse 11. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner to me. That's a pretty simple language here. So yeah, we get what he's saying here. Somebody speaking a foreign language that I don't know. I don't know what they're saying. And we have this barrier between us. He says we're foreigners to one another. Okay, no argument there. The point he's making here is that's the way people are to one another with using these unintelligible speaking in tongues in public worship. We are essentially foreigners to one another in public worship if we're speaking unintelligible things. That's where he's bringing up home this, these metaphors about lack of intelligence of speaking foreign languages that you don't understand. We are foreigners to one another. And that is so contrary to the concept of community worship public worship, worshiping together, where we're foreigners to one another. So it wraps up this part in verse 12. So also you, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. So he says, okay, all these metaphors here, and then finally foreigners to one another, then he applies it to them. That's the way it is with you guys when you're using these tongues in public worship. And then, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church, go back to the purpose of spiritual gifts. What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? To build up the church. So if your desire is not to build up the church, then do you really have a desire for spiritual gifts? Because the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the church. And if that's not what you're looking to do, then you really aren't after spiritual gifts. You're after showiness. You're after something else. Because the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the church. So he's hitting them here. You guys are zealous for spiritual gifts. Well, then you really should be zealous for the purpose of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts which build up the church. And what builds up the church in the way of speech is things that are intelligible. So it's a pretty straightforward passage here today, verses 6 through 12, is that gift of tongues in public worship is not appropriate because it's unintelligible and it makes us foreigners to one another. What we need is to be brought together. And that comes through intelligibility of the speech. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.